heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. So imagine it's January 20th in the year 2025 of our Lord. Inauguration day, right? The president-elect raises his right hand and begins to recite the oath. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. Wow, and then you can hear the gasp from sea to shining sea. Oh, that's the opening bell here, my fellow Americans. And this one starts off a very dear, dear, interesting, rich even, uh, column uh, in the Washington Post. Uh, could not resist. Uh, that is the talking points for today. And it goes on to say it's an anti-Trumpers nightmare. But it could happen. Uh, 47% of Republicans and Republican-leaning independents want Trump to be the nominee in 2024, according to a recent Washington Post-ABC News poll. And, and, and here's the drum roll now, and if Trump and Joe Biden are the contenders, Trump narrowly edges Biden out 48 to 46% among registered voters. All right. Now, let's freeze that point at that moment right there. All right, so first of all, I don't see a reset of Trump and Biden. I believe they're going to take Biden out uh, before we ever get to 2024. Let me state that first to you all. So I I think this is sort of a, uh, this scenario they're painting of a Trump-Biden, you know, uh, re-election here moment, I don't see it happening. When you think of all the lawsuits and all the problems coming at Trump right now, and to think that he can still get up on a stage and smile and laugh and shoot the breeze and carry on, it's truly remarkable, isn't it? About it, think about this. About anybody else would be shaken in their boots or at least would come across in some way that would uh, not deem them as a smooth operator. Donald Trump? Just another day. Just another day of cattle ranching, man. It's all it is, people. And and it is. It's it's ironic, you know, when you see him and you 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 always. I mean, I don't know about you, but I always tend to look at his forehead and see if he's sweating at all. I haven't been able to catch much of that sweat, frankly. So he is a bit calm, cool, and collective. Uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot to that. You wonder, you know. Uh, you know, I guess we'll cut another point to make to you here. It's um, it's funny how God uses people at different times of their lives for different reasons, you know, and especially those that are not as suspecting as you might make them or think they are. I said to you moments ago, he's not exactly the quiet boy. Well, I don't think God is going to put somebody in that position that would be the quiet boy, frankly. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what we're looking for, people. You know what I mean? That makes sense. You know, you you need someone with the um, the finesse of a madman, <laughs> someone that is brazen and, uh, as I often say to you, has testicles the size of Nebraska. Oh, well, that would be Donald J. Trump. 
you know, take it or leave it. So God has a way of using people for different points of their life at different times for different reasons. Think about that and put that on the side, especially for those who think, oh, my God, he's a Christian. I mean, how could that be? Doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, it depends what your vision of a Christian is, I guess, really, huh? <laughs> Gets a little interesting, doesn't it here? Yeah. Well, let's open this conversation up now and bring on Dr. Stephen Latulip joins me. Surprise, surprise. And uh, I thought no one better to have a conversation that I'm going to have today with you than to invite a Brother Stephen on uh, to the Voice of a Nation here. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Malcolm. It's a pleasure to be here with you again. All right. You see my opening remarks, sir. And uh, so let me ask you right out, based on the scenario right now, if you were betting odds right now in uh, in, in, in Vegas, you're putting some odds down for you know, these next few years, just just 35,000 feet. Is it a revolutionary war or a civil war? Well, you know, I go back and forth now because, in, in my opinion, the real enemy is the domestic enemy, which is the government, right? I mean, look at what they are doing. We are under a dictatorship, um, and it's a mysterious one because we still have not identified the real chief puppeteer, the ones who is pulling Biden's strings, because, of course, we have a very confused and progressively demented so-called president, um, but he's not doing uh, any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. He is just, um, you know, the, a little image for people to associate with the presidency. Right. So you say you go back and forth. I want to stay in that point between, because this is an important point, and I don't hear anybody talking about it, Stephen. So the civil war versus revolutionary war. So you talk about the, the, the government that is out of whack, out of control, so take it from there. Let's continue that a moment. So looking at that, does that that mean your odds are you're putting them on a revolutionary war? Well, um, I, I guess why I say I'm a little um, uh, kind of mixed minded about that right now is because, okay. uh, in a sense, we would be revolting against a communist or globalist government. Uh -huh. So in that sense, very much we are uh, seem to be approaching a revolutionary war from that standpoint, right. um, when you're talking about a civil war, you're talking about one faction of mm -hmm. the American people fighting another. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, it, it, that one's a hard one to define well, because, right. um, you know, I know a lot of people, for example, in Oregon, mm -hmm. a very blue state, right. and I know a whole bunch of conservatives in that state, which makes me ask the question, is it really the people against the people, the red against the mm -hmm. blue, or mm -hmm. is it, still the people against a rogue government. Right, right. Well, uh, okay, th this is a really interesting point, uh, Stephen, this um, th this point I bring up of revolutionary versus civil. And, you know, I think what happens is the powers to be, I think you probably would agree, they tend to always want to make it a civil war because they want to pit the people against the people, correct? Right? Absolutely. And right. they don't want a revolutionary war. They don't even think in those terms versus if you look at the WP piece here, the article that we're working off of here today, Steve, it, it, more toward the bottom of it. Uh, remember, there was a phrase that says the bonds that bind the union lo loosen the chances of civil war increase because that's what they want. But it, it's what they're fixated on, which is why they are constantly dividing the nation. I mean, we surely are more divided than ever, but this is by intention. It's by design. It's not accidental at all. 
They go on to say here, that's when the potential for violent conflict is real. For those studying the implications of these trends, there's no scenario that worries us more than that the wheels just come off completely from the restraints against violence in the United States. Uh, so they're focused on that. But really, you know, you almost, well, it's, 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 you know, I don't know where it heads. You know, listen, we've had a revolutionary war. We've had a civil war. Here we are. Maybe this time it's a combination of both of those because we are at each other's throats as a people. But we are surely against a good part of this country is against the government takeover that's taken place here. Um, so, and the people are mostly divided. Part of the country would go one way, one would go another way. So I guess we're looking at both, aren't we? I think we are. And, um, you know, huh. we're really, there's nothing new here that's being introduced when you talk about violence. I mean, let's face it, uh, yeah. the Second Amendment, it talks about violence. It talks about a uh, an armed uh, overthrow of a rogue government, and that happens by violence. And quite frankly, um, I believe that was the full intent of the founders of this country. We, if we have a rogue government doing really bad things to the people, they should be afraid. And in my opinion, I believe they really are terrified right now at what could happen. Mm. What you're saying is that's why they're cracking down in the way they've cracked down more or less these uh, elements of a police state. That's why the sixth, the, they, they got so hardened about, right? All of these things. Yes, I believe so. I think they're getting desperate. They are in the corner. They right. are trapped. They know that they have been exposed. The light uh, now shines on the evil, and that is increasing, and I'm so encouraged by that, right. because it is exposing them for who they really are, so they're desperate, and that's what makes, uh, like the author of this Washington Post article, David Montgomery, I mean, he's speaking a lot of truth in there, actually, mm -hmm. uh, but he twists, of course, and... Um, but nonetheless, it, the truth that he speaks to me is nothing but encouragement. Yeah. You know, up front, I mentioned where we get into the polls and they draw out the scenario that, uh, you know, Trump, I don't see Biden on the uh, ballot in um, uh, 2024. Do you? No, I don't. I don't think he'll ever make it just uh, from a medical perspective. He's declining so severely. In fact, I'm really surprised they've kept him in here this long. Right. And, uh, you know, in reality, it makes no difference whatsoever. They could just say uh, they could remove Biden and not replace him with anyone and nothing would change. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But even with that and him, um, Regardless, you know, I put aside the health a moment because I, I knew we'd go there. But I'm talking about he's no longer convenient for them, even if the health. I mean, he has served his purpose. Do you notice how they're now targeting and you're seeing a lot more stories, even from the leftist publications about Hunter Biden now and their reports that he is going to be charged somewhere, somehow, something. Of course, he'd be pardoned as well, I'm sure, being a family member. And these people get a pass, don't they? You know, right. Oh, absolutely. We will not see justice, I don't believe, with Hunter Biden unless or until there is a change of regime in America. Right, right. So but but you do you agree with the fact that putting health aside, Stephen, that Joe has served the purpose he was intended for up to this point? In fact, he 
he, he served a very good purpose, frankly. Uh, he's, I think he surpassed the expectations of what they probably, well, you actually just hinted to that a moment ago as well. Probably more than they even anticipated is my guess. And I, I think at this point now, he's become, uh, I'm, I'm thinking almost a cancer to the movement. He, he's out of control. He says the stupidest things, even on a good right. day, you know? Yes, I think you're right. He, he, uh, when he was able to at least hold it together uh, with his um, performance-enhancing drugs that they would give right. him, right. Um, then he could get the job done sufficiently for them. But right now, with the medications he's taken, I mean, you're right. He he is beyond uh, doing anything productive for the team that he's playing for. Yeah, and they see that as well. They see it. They know it. They and that's why they need an exit ramp for Joe Biden, I think, I, I, I would imagine. And and I think Hunter is going to be very convenient for this because that's going to put him and the administration in a very different light. The question then becomes, and I'm sure they're trying to figure this out now, what do they do next? Obviously, the, um, the VP there, uh, what's her name again? Uh, Harris, is it Kamala? Kamala Harris, uh, forget, yeah. yeah, nothing I really remember exactly. My ignorance <laughs> is intentional. Forgive me. Uh, so, but uh, based on that, uh, she clearly is not an option in 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 the program. Uh, so they would be looking at somebody else uh, that would play that role. Any idea who that? Uh, this is a hard one. I'm not sure you know. Or do you have any thoughts who that might be? Well, some people are, are saying, like, maybe Gavin Newsom. Um, I was just there at the Capitol uh, last yeah. Friday uh, regarding his ridiculous bill that, that was passed by the legislature, AB 2098. Uh, that, yeah. uh, silence, the, silence the doctors, right? Exactly right. And so, Bastards. you know, we were out there speaking. But, I mean, uh, I don't – I really – Everything encourages me because what I see is no matter what they try to do mm -hmm. at this point, and they're going to try to do it in a timely event or sequence, which is probably starting right after the midterm election, whoever they try to replace, whether it be at Newsom or mm -hmm. I, I really can't think of anybody because right. only because uh, I think it's insignificant. Whoever they place in is still going to be a puppet of the system. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt because the system has taken it over now is what you're saying, Stephen, you know. Absolutely. And, yeah. But what I think is encouraging yeah. is that when they do pull Biden down and if they go after Hunter mm -hmm. Biden, mm -hmm. um, that's going to really work against them in a huge way because all this time they – we're saying that those were not factors and all of a sudden they make it a factor. And if you look at what's happened to this point, uh, as we approach this midterm election, everything that they have done really has backfired in a big way. Yeah, potentially, but they, they're so hardened on their goal of what they, what uh, uh, the progress they are making with America and Let's face it, since Trump has been out of there in the past 22 some odd months, they have accomplished a great deal, uh, Stephen. They've accomplished so much. Uh, they've gone way down the road. I mean, we can, you know, we, I mean, it's hard to make light of that, how bad things are that make people so uncomfortable right now. But, you know, it, it, I remember when the election was happening in 2020, 
uh, we were warning people on this network what would happen. Now, most everybody didn't think it was a reality that Joe Biden would ever make the leap. I mean, we've never seen that in the history of our country, that somebody could win a campaign of any sorts, let alone a presidential campaign, without any campaigning whatsoever. And to literally do it from your basement is unthinkable, no matter what. It's not even logical. It doesn't make any sense. And I remember that all happened. And we and we laid out this thing like, what if? Uh, I've talked about it on this program many times. In fact, what if? Well, but what if? Well, this country wouldn't be so stupid, would they? Oh, what if? And there was a lot of that what if playing, but we really didn't, never thought it was going to be a reality, that this would truly happen. And yet it did happen. And now you see the damage that's happened in the last 22 plus months. Uh, and But the thing is, these are the scenarios we painted out. We talked about the foreign policy, how ridiculous it was going to be, because this was a character who never had any success in his life on any policy, which is why Robert Gates uh, uh, labeled him as the biggest jackass in foreign policy there ever was. I mean, right? It's, it's very hard to uh, argue against that. <laughs> it's, it's very evident that this man is completely incompetent uh, to do anything. Absolutely anything. I mean, if he uh, even what he speaks, if it were his own actions, even and he's choosing to do this, you can be fully assured that it will be a disaster and it will harm the United States. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So listen, there are two schools of thinking now. And part of the thing of what I'd like to drill down with you on and, and really get your thoughts on there are two schools of thinking and these two schools of thinking. Actually, are very uh, prevalent even on our platform. For instance, Stephen, on America Out Loud, uh, there are some who believe that uh, Trump is a real answer going forward. And there are some who believe that Trump is a cancer uh, to the end game and will only bring out the worst of people and that he's not the answer in 2024. Now, I, I use our own platform as a prime example uh, because there are those who think Trump is just, he's too much. It doesn't work. You know, there's an interesting piece I'll bring to um, your attention right now to listeners and uh, possibly yourself, Stephen, if you hadn't read it. It just went live this morning here. Now, this one is from Professor Larry Bell, and it's Donald Trump is a disruptor America still desperately needs. That's a brand new op-ed uh, today here on the network. Some interesting pieces going up today. Um, and, you know, the headline makes you think, and he gets into all the reasons why. I mentioned up front, Trump is convenient. He's a convenient villain right now for what they're trying to do. But but Stephen, in all fairness, Trump plays right into that. You know, we said three, four years ago at the beginning when he was calling everybody names and doing all these things, and it became very entertaining for the young people. They thought Trump was a hoot. I mean, my own kids loved it. And all the, a lot of kids did. They thought it was just because he was calling everybody names and doing things like you would do in the schoolyard. Oh, sure. Uh, he was amusing. Very amusing. And it, it, in fact, I had a term, Steve and I called it at the time. I did multiple programs on this, polytainment, polytainment, which is the intersection of politics and entertainment. And it became polytainment. That's what this whole thing became. Uh, there was a plus side to that as well, because it got more people engaged what was going on. But at the same time, it it, it, it outraged people in our country. So in other words, 
here's I don't know what you think about this, but you um, when you take people and you you take your enemy and you really uh, piss your enemy off, they come back twice as hard, which is what I think they've done against Donald Trump. He has enraged them so much that he's become the perfect villain. They hate him. That's why they've done every waking moment of every waking day in the entire administration and then some to pull him down. He's got more lawsuits. As I said, uh, you heard me up top, he's got more lawsuits that are taxed on him right now. I always watch his public appearance to see when, how much sweat he has on his forehead. He's the most calm, cool, and collective dude. And I said, of course, God doesn't pick people that are in the right. I mean, that's the whole trick of this thing. That's why people say, Donald Trump, what, the cursed movement? Get the hell out of here. That ain't happening. There's no way. Right. I mean, isn't that what, isn't that what it is when people are saying it that? It sure way? is. Right. It sure is. Um, Am I making fact, sense? Yeah. The fact is, Donald Trump is the right man for the right job at the right time. Mm hmm. Hmm. And, and, you know, if you if you really just think about what Trump did, if you can separate uh, the Trump New York frame of mind <laughs> uh, from what he actually accomplished, I mean, just right. look at Trump's track record. Right. I don't care what side of, of the fence you're on. Right. We had the world's most prosperous economy. He did stop the radical Muslim terrorists. He made America fully energy independent and uh yeah. He reduced taxes for everybody in every tax bracket. Everybody, every American household was making some six thousand dollars more mm. uh, because of what he accomplished. I mean, wow. uh, it just like when you, you know, you ask the question, "What did Obama do good for America?" and "What did has Joe Biden done good for America?" Let's flip that around and say, "Okay, what exactly did President Trump do that was bad for America?" And I'll tell you, there was one answer that even conservatives would throw back. And I would have to tell you, I disagree with it. And do you know what that is? Operation Warp Speed. Yep. Yeah. Why would you push and, back on that? Well, um, the, the reason is because uh, Operation Warp Speed, and, you know, this is coming from a medical doctor's perspective. Right. Uh, all of the physicians that were treating COVID patients as I was, and that's what brought me down, especially making it public. But they say that, look, Donald Trump is the one that pushed the vaccine, got it out there, got all this, mm -hmm. um, this, uh, this bioweapon effective mm -hmm. immediately. And I think that was absolutely uh, a hidden blessing because it rapidly exposed the evil of what this so-called vaccine mm. was going to do. Otherwise, it would have been a slower process. It would have accomplished the same thing, but it would have been much more difficult to make the connection. Mm. Because if you look at all the graphs right now of the, okay. the harmful effects, all the deaths, the cardiomyopathy, um, anything you want to talk about, the rise in cancer, you have this humongous surge on the graphs that show mm. Everything happened after January 2020 when that. that so he brought first... all the evil and all the globalists out of the closet sooner, earlier, faster, you're saying. Exactly. And it also exposed Fauci and Burks and all the rest. Uh, Bill Gates, I mean, their evil intent. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, okay. I, I, you bring up a compelling point. Um, you, you know, you're looking at things interesting because you're looking at, at a glass half full kind of deal. And I, and I always appreciate that, Stephen. I mean, rather than a half glass empty kind of thing from a standpoint of looking at the evidence. But, but here's what I would say. Let me push back just a bit and say this. 
if you look at Trump today, Operation Warp Speed and the whole vaccine deal, I don't discount what you say, but just in recent days and weeks, he is still supporting his work with Operation Warp Speed. He is still supporting his work of the vaccines as one of the greatest and probably the greatest accomplishments I've heard him say of his administration. So he's still telling that. And I heard other people, strong conservatives say to me, off the mic and uh, and in private to say this is going to kill him in the end because people are going to remember that when it comes time for election and real conservatives are not going to have that. And people who understand the plight of what's taking place here uh, with this uh, health care genocide that has taken place with the so-called COVID BS, uh, you know, Trump is still celebrated as one of the biggest damn accomplishments he ever did. I mean, the, the guy doesn't get it. What do you say to that? Well, you know, I would say there's two sides to that coin because there's no doubt whatsoever. And I would never argue that the the vaccine is not a vaccine. First of all, it does nothing but harm. It does nothing that a classic vaccine does. It doesn't confer any immunity protection. It doesn't make the symptoms uh, uh, less than they would if you were not jabbed and so forth. So the vaccine was a patented bioweapon uh, which followed the patented virus bioweapon. So I fully agree with that. Uh, and in that sense, Operation Warp Speed was bad news. But on the other hand, it did, uh, it, was, it was in itself a tremendous feat. I mean, it proved that Trump could get things done by overcoming the inefficiencies of a of government bureaucracy. And we have to realize that that in itself was a phenomenal feat. Um, but it also made him an excellent target because, see, this is one of the greatest strengths of President Trump, that he could override things, get rid of the, the government red tape, and get the daggone job done like he would have done even with the wall if mm-hmm. he was given half a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, we always have to realize that our greatest strengths can also be our greatest weaknesses. And what I think is that the opposition forces used his strength to get this done to implement their evil task. I mean, he was relying on Anthony Fauci right. to give him good advice and the same thing for Deborah Burks. And they lied to him. They deceived him. And they had Big Pharma backing them and making all kinds of false claims. Uh, And so in that sense, I I think that what Operation Warp Speed actually did was it exposed this coup team in in a real unique way that would not have happened otherwise. And so I think it's one of these things that, okay, this was an absolute curse to us. Uh, The vaccine was a curse. The virus was a curse and it was intentional. But uh, this is a case where I think God took something very evil Mm -hmm. and turned it around and used it for good. And I think that it could be years. It could be a decade or two decades before we look back on history and say, wow, you know, in a real uh, realistic sense, Operation Warp Speed did accomplish some things for us, because if it hadn't happened, we would have just been caught deeper into the web and more entangled and we wouldn't see what was coming. Whereas we saw it very rapidly. And those of us who did see it spoke out boldly to get the truth out there. And I don't think we'd have had the ammunition to do that if, it were not for Operation Warp Speed. I don't know. Does that make sense? Well, it does. It does. Um, You know, the, um, the, the nature of where we are right now uh, and 
I'm thinking here, the circumstances of things, the way they have played out is uh, truly remarkable. I mean, you could not have dreamt this stuff up or thought about it in any way. I mean, it is so off the charts, everything, including the Operation Warp Speed, the whole vaccine, the pandemic, this once-in-a-lifetime deal that happened uh, right in our the right in, in, in our lifetime in real time uh, that uh, many of us still couldn't believe it was happening. Uh, I think the sad reality is the, the fact that we deal with so much COVID here on the platform, uh, the sadness in all of this, uh, back to using evil for good, uh, Dr. Tulip, and all of that conversation, and is that the level of death and depravity and destruction uh, is uh, beyond anything that um, you can really comprehend. I mean, the people who paid the ultimate price of their lives, uh, this number is in the millions now. And it's and now the reports are that the vaccine injuries and deaths and long COVID, that's the ongoing pandemic, sadly, that continues onward. So when Biden gets up just a couple weeks back, so the, the pandemic is over, right? Many experts would argue that and say, no, it's not nearly over. It's really just beginning. Uh, that this other pandemic is taken over and the amount of deaths that will continue to escalate and the people pain and suffering that transpires from this bioweapon. Remember, this is, this is a, our body is not designed for, th this bioweapon is designed to do serious, serious harm to the human body. Let's not forget that number one. Okay. I mean, that, that is a fact. And and even on our best days, those who are well, I mean, this was this was a very serious weapon against humanity, coupled with the government uh, taking on all of these mandates and forcing people to make these horrible decisions in their lives. And we see all the correspondence and the emails and messaging and people that were just forced to take vaccines and forced if you wanted to stay in college or continue on in sports or uh you wanted your job or career or you wanted whatever it was. It came at a great price. I mean, just to pay the bills and, you know, eat and you people were being forced. And then these decisions and, you know, which is sad. A lot of people made a very bad choice. And then but, you know, the, the, the one comforting thing right now is that the people who got the, the fact about nobody is vaccine proof right now. It's a it's a freaking joke because the amount that did it the first time. Those who got the second one and those who got the boosters is declined now. And I think we did a stat the other day, Dr. McCullough and I, and I think it's like 2% maybe of the country would be considered, uh, you know, uh, whatever they would call uh, vaccine protected, whatever the hell that means. It's negligible. In other words, it doesn't matter, you see. So all of that said, um, you know, the, the, that means and, and the other thing is this vaccine and, and uh, you know, it, what it did is it dragged out, sadly, the inevitable. I mean, uh, herd immunity would have happened much faster, quicker, sooner had we not had any of this vaccine business. All it, all it did was drag this whole thing out down the road. We, we'd, have, we'd have crossed that bridge a long time ago, friends, and we'd have been on to the next chapter. If they if the government just kept their damn see the government they can't do they, they just can't do anything right ser ser seriously very sincere I say that not to be a, a wise guy but it is so accurate you know I mean if they just stayed out of it if they did nothing 
we would have been that much further ahead. You see, and you know how many more lives would have been saved? Many, 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 many. And and then on the other hand, had they come out with, uh, you know, vitamin D, <laughs> just vitamin D. I mean, you know, or the nasal rinses or you name it. You know how many more lives we would have saved? You know, the early treatment, right? But no, it wasn't going to have any of that. And then you have to look at, you know, that's where the effort should have been put. In fact, that's where I wish the administration had put all that instead of Operation Warp Speed and put it into this kind of a thing and saving people. But what Dr. O'Tulip is saying, well, but, and, and it is true. There are times in our life where we have to step back before we step forward. And there are times in our life when God uses evil to create good. And I get all of that. Absolutely. But it comes at great pain, great pain and suffering. And that is the deep depravity of the moment that I, I share with you. And it's where we sit right now. So when you look at this, friends, who is going to lead this country further? And I, you know, I, I title this as a revolutionary, a civil war moment. You know, are we fighting with each other? Are we fighting with the government back and forth? Are we fighting with who exactly again? You know, who's the boogeyman, please? Who, who Who's the boogeyman? You see? That's a lot of what we got to figure out here as we get into these next many elections. So to not lose sight also of the Washington Post piece, uh, which I will put the links in the um, in, in the post when this goes to podcast for you, for sure. Uh, but it's interesting to read through. And there, there are so many uh, points to it. Uh, but, but it really comes back to Trump if, if, if where I started, you know, inauguration day, January 20th, 2025, you know, <laughs> can you imagine, you remember, you remember the gasp and the looks on their eyes when he won in 2020? Oh my God, that was like worth a million bucks, man. I was like, that, that was a priceless moment. You remember that? Oh my, the eyes were like twice, three times the size of the mouse dropped on the floor. They didn't do enough fraudulent stuff to get Hillary in there. So, um, you know, Trump won it. And uh, that moment was a priceless moment for our country, caught everybody by surprise, a lot of people by surprise that he was able to do it. But, you know, that was also a God moment because that didn't happen without uh, uh, God's intervention. I am sure of that. Um, there's no way. Things happen for the reasons they're supposed to happen a certain way. I really believe that's the case. I mean, we, we put up a good fight and we, we try to do things accordingly. But uh, there, there's a plan here for all of this. And, yeah, we're, we're supposed to put the good fight out there every day. You better believe. And we do. We do. We do. We absolutely do here on this program, on this platform, on this network. We absolutely do. We never give up, no matter what. Right. But we know some of this stuff is is what it is. And if you if you're a believer and you understand where we're at in history, then you understand what I'm speaking about, you know. Uh, it's it's a very uh, awkward moment of time. So I guess, uh, you know, these next couple elections are very, very vital. We're still trying to save the republic. We, do, we say, which kind of a war is it? What's happening? Uh, you know, we're definitely headed somewhere. You know, I mentioned, and I want to get after the pause here, Dr. LaTulip's impression about that. I, I do think Trump is a convenient villain. Uh, there are times early on, if you remember back a few years back, if you're a long time listener, you remember me telling you there were early times when I said, I wish he would just chill a bit. There were times where he would say things that I knew would just outrage some of those people and enrage his haters and enemies. And they did. He did. And they it got outraged. And then they tend to come after three ways to Sunday that, you know, and I just said back then, I wish he'd learn to chill it and keep it down. But he didn't. 
he was a man that just kept throwing it out there and throwing it out there. And never did you detect the sweat on his forehead. It's remarkable, people. You think about it. It's truly remarkable. He is heroic in that point. You know, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, you know, when you look at our country and the history of all our presidents, this man, you you have to know when, you know, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, when none of us are here, that he's going to be one of the most, he, he's going to be an Abraham Lincoln type president. You see, whether it's four years or eight years or whatever the hell is going to happen, he's going to be an Abraham Lincoln sort of president because he was there at that moment. And there were some, uh, and history will show this, there were some very important things because had, had, was he not there, then the Hillary Clinton machine would have got in, would it, which would have been the Obama years extended, which means the collapse of the republic would have been that much greater. So in comparison, historically, you can compare this a great deal to when uh, Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, saved our country and did some very heroic things. Number 45 will also go down in history, no matter what. And they're not, and that's the, you know, that's the edge. It's kind of interesting to point that out because, you know, they're not going to be able to take that away from him. Oh, they're trying. They're going to try. They're trying to, like I said, dress him up in orange here uh, with all the suits they got coming at him. They're trying to keep him out of the White House. That's the only goal right now is to keep him out of there. Well, listen, you're listening here to the voice of a nation here. We have Dr. Stephen LaTulip on with us. And uh, and let me introduce you now to a, a brand new, exciting, exciting product. Uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled to tell you about here. It's from um, the the Genesis HOCL folks. I'll tell you what, you can, um, well, tell you, go to, uh, let me just tell you first the site because you want to look at this, genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. That's what you want to do. And right away, you're going to see the UX4. It's a brand new product. It's a, this is a stationary HOCL atomizer. It's an atomizer that, um, that, uh, uses the, um, the, the the same thing, the ultrasa- the ultrasonic fog in, you know, the, the dry mist with the HOCL that it puts in the air to kill all, because that's where the whole thing always was. It wasn't on the, uh, sub, uh, the uh, surfaces and things. It's in the air. It's how you breathe it in. And that's why the nasal hygiene is so important, because it's coming through your nose, basically. It's where we breathe in. You know, you take a deep breath, and you're right through your nose and in your mouth and out your mouth. You kind of think of... Just like that, when you blow out, right? Uh, some of us have more hot air than others, but you get the point, right? The UX4, uh, so this is the uh, the HOC, uh, HOCL atomizer again, and uh, this is a got a great price point to it. You get 15% off using the out loud code, but they're stationary now. You don't need to go around the room. It'll put that mist out there and cleans the air. So this is every house should have the uh, UX4 in it, no doubt about it. This is a big deal. Uh, now, you can click the banner ad right back at America Out Loud, uh, that Genesis HOCL, and say it's a brand new product. By the way, this is basically where the, the only way you get in this country is right here, as so I'm telling you right now. It's out of Japan, and uh, Seiko uh, makes it, and uh, they um, have had great success with it in Japan. So take a look at that, UX4, and, uh, and, and, and bring that into your home and, and your uh, place of business as well, for that matter. Uh, it's an item that needs to be shared everywhere, uh, far and wide. Excited to bring it to you here. Friends, we'll take a quick pause. We'll join you back on the other side here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. 
Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulvidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Outloud here, along with Dr. Stephen Latulip joins me. And uh, so, um, okay, Dr. Stephen Latulip, there are three phases here. Help me work through this now. The first tr- uh, phase, Trump seizes control of the government. You love the way they word all this, right? I mean, you know, this is like, okay, Trump seizes control of the government and installs super loyalists. Now, let's let's do a round robin, you and I back and forth. Now, I love the way the Washington Post and this Montgomery dude puts that out there, but like, would that be different because why? And why would that be different, any way different than what the Biden administration has done now? Did they put right thinkers and, and constitutionalists in throughout the White House or did they put loyalists in there, Stephen? Huh. Right. It, it, uh, it's, uh, it's very obvious that we have anything but a free republic uh, that is recognizing the Constitution right now. I love it. I mean, that statement, Trump seizes control of the government. <laughs> yeah. That means uh, he would be reinstating the Constitution. And by installing super loyalists, well, you know, define that. Well, now, he should have done that the two. first time is what I would say to you and push back, Steve. But he should have done. That's the problem with the first time. He put oh, a bunch exactly of stooges right. in there. Exactly right. Uh, he didn't clean out no. the deep state no. as he no. should have. He talked about it. You know, he, Steve, I got to tell you something. You laugh. When all that stuff was coming down with the Justice Department and all of that with James Comey, you remember that moment, right? Right, oh, All that yes. nonsense, yeah? I told Here listeners and those who listen who were back then will remember me saying this. I was so livid, so pissed at the moment. I said, you know, uh, uh, remember all the leaks that were happening throughout the bureaucracy? Remember all the leaks? It never all, ended. All, right? I mean, it was like a sift. 
Everything was leaking everywhere. And he's running around with his hair on fire. The administration, he's got all these people in there that are dooming and glooming us, trying to kill the whole thing. It was, it's amazing he could get anything done based on all the full force of these bureaucrats and the deep state he had coming with him. But you know what I used to tell listeners back then, and I'll tell you right now, I used to say, Trump, Trump. I said, listen, go get a couple of buses, just a couple of old school buses. It doesn't matter what they look like. And then get in there with your cats from the White House and drive over to the Justice Department, walk in there, take James Comey by the collar, grab his white supremacist ass out of the building and put it in the bus along with the rest of them and throw them out of the government. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, But I think that's what he would do if he came in again. I mean, I think he has learned his lesson. He made some mistakes. And the mistake was to trust too many people who obviously were not trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. Our phase two on this was Trump deploys the military aggressively at home while retreating abroad. You know, again, got to remember now, this is what the left is brilliant at. Everything they do is what they project and tell you you're doing, which is what, of course, they do. Yeah, absolutely. It's called projection. It is. So this phase two, uh, deploying the military aggressively at home while retreating abroad, Uh, I mean, retreating abroad is what we've done now with this administration. We have no foreign policy that's recognizable. We retreated out of Afghanistan like a bunch of idiots. I mean, everybody laughed at us everywhere around the world. In fact, they were laughing at us on other planets, by the way, Stephen. Yes, they were. Um, Because we, you know, the retreat was funding the enemy. Look at the billions of dollars of equipment. High-tech equipment we get. Pretty sick. And then phase three was political violence and democratic collapse. It's possible. Political violence, democratic collapse. Everything that they're doing, this whole thing about these phases, our projectionism 101, it's what the it's what the machine is doing right now to our country, and they're trying to say this is what's going to happen. So when you look at that scenario... Okay, and you and you answer the question, Stephen. Let's get into the nitty gritty here. And is Trump a cancer or a cure? A cure or cancer? And that's where we're divided as a country, even on our own platform. As I say, there are those who believe that he is a cancer, that he is not the way in the path forward, and there are those on our platform who believe he is the cure. And that will like Professor Bell wrote today. I told you to go read that one where he says, hey, you know, Trump is uh, uh, the uh, disruptor. Uh, He said here, uh, let me read it to you properly. Donald Trump is a disruptor America still desperately needs. Um, So with this cancer and cure business, but the point is, the more we enrage those people, they come back. I remember how many times they tried to impeach him and say 25th Amendment and, you know, all the things they did, the Russia, Russia, peeing on prostitutes at the Moscow Hotel and making up stuff all the way. I mean, they tried everything under the sun, Stephen. There was nothing these people didn't think of. Nothing, nothing to get Very to true. nail Trump and try to get him out of there. I mean, they thought of everything. The most ridiculous, uh, obscure crazy stories that you wouldn't possibly believe they throw out there for people to consume and the media sucked it up and drove america right off the cliff didn't they right the question is would it happen again though if donald trump is elected in 2024 will it happen again 
Uh, that's the question. And, it, you know, has Trump learned his lesson? And the other question is, well, if not Trump, then who? Oh. And I think most people would probably suggest Ron DeSantis. They all are. Uh, Everybody. Yeah, say, saying he has no baggage. But, you know, I think that we could also say that his baggage is right now start, starting to accumulate because anybody who goes against the deep state agenda is going to be yeah. a target, a huge target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know you're right. And uh, they're trying to do that. What they knew that uh, for, uh, the state of Florida was a loss for them, for the governorship, which is why they put uh, the uh, three stooges. He was the fourth stooge, actually, Charlie Chris. <laughs> and uh, he is the he's a throwaway candidate. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you know, it's a throwaway candidate. You know, we, you don't put anybody good in when you got a race you're going to lose no matter right. what. So right. you you put a jackass like Charlie Crist in there who doesn't know what he's going to be when he grows up. You see, right? And then don't invest in him at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's a throwaway. It's totally yes. worthless. You know. Um, so let's cut right now to the deep part of Trump, and then. This point of the Civil War and Revolutionary War, the the Washington Post piece says the chances of civil war increase. Um, we are there's no doubt Americans are at each other's uh, throats a bit here, but that's all by design. Have been created by government, but the enemy is government, which you pointed out early in the broadcast. Even the the enemy is the government that has become the enemy, just as King George was back in that day. Uh, they've become the new King George. And which is what our founders, our beautiful, magnificent founders tried to point out to us and created documents. I mean, that were as close to perfect as they could be at the time. Uh, there were some things I would change, clearly. Uh, the Tenth Amendment is one that's important, federalism. The Seventeenth Amendment, which uh, took the Senate out of the hands of the legislatures and put it to the popular vote again. You follow me? You know? Yes. That's another one I would change. All of that would bring it back to uh, what the Republic was designed for up front and not to be run by a mob, uh, which is people don't get this concept. Uh, so what are we looking at right now? Uh, is Trump the cure or the cancer? Now, if he gets in there and he, he's going to run, does he inflame people more that the deep state comes out more? And do we really care at this point, Stephen, because... The point is that we flushed them out already. We're, we're going to have some hard times ahead anyways, or we're going down. We might as well go down with the glory, uh, God's glory, I guess, if we're going down. Yeah. Yeah. If we're going down, I still, you know, a lot of people are, are, are counting an awful lot on this midterm election to, uh, to retake the House and Senate. And if we can do that, then can we save the union? That's the big question. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure if we have not already gone so far down the road and the eggs are so scrambled that we cannot take it back. But the most encouraging point to me mm -hmm. is the fact that they're still all they talk about is Donald Trump. And that tells me one very sweet thing. And that is that these communist Democrats and all these rhinos absolutely fear Donald Trump. Well, it's, and, but it's more than that, too, uh, Stephen. I, let me throw at you here. They needed the distraction right now because, you see, they can't run on Biden's policies, clearly. You can't right. run on his record. You can't run on his administration. You can't run on anything that is Biden. You just can't run on it. So you what the can't. hell are you going to run on? You need something. 
And the best right. thing for them is to pull Trump back out of the closet and dust him off. And here we go. Here's the villain again. What did I say up front? The villain. Right. Convenient villain. Um, and well, look at the 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 big challengers in this election. I mean, like right here in Arizona, where I now reside, we've got Carrie Lake and um, she is gaining momentum incredibly. In fact, I, I just uh, returned from an event for her. And I'm telling you, people are just on fire and the MAGA movement is on fire and you don't have to put Trump's name before that. People just want America to be what it was before we come up with this crazy. Well, Trump is just a conduit to get somewhere. I mean, if he's a conduit to what you say, as you call saving the Republic, right? I mean, right. he's a tool right now for good, for MAGA, make America great again. Of course, when the president came out in Philadelphia and uh, ransacked uh, MAGA, he never said what the hell it even meant. He never said make America great again, because God forbid they're not trying to do that. So he no. used the acronym MAGA as it was some sort of an evil virus coming out of the Wuhan lab. Absolutely. It was a dirty word. Yeah, It sure was. He- and he, he, he blew that all over the place. So... So Trump, we don't see him back and safe to say, Stephen, we don't see him back and down at this point. He's going to he's going to be in the thick of this thing with the race. You, you agree with that? I agree with that. I think he, he will. He's not backing down. Right. I mean, and and what the, what the Washington Post points out is that there's a lot of evil. There's a lot of um, that Trump will get back at his enemies. So you think he'll probably get back at the enemies. But I guess anybody would. If you kick me three, four five times in the face, I'm going to come at you, Stephen. You know that. Well, yes, but I don't think that for him it will be a vendetta um, or settling of the score. I think what he's going to do is, again, set out to accomplish which that which he initially wanted to do, which was to fully drain the sewer. Right. Well, that's what he said, what he ran on. But but who could blame him if he did have the vendetta? I'm just being real here with you. Who could blame well, him? Well, that would be human, right. That would I mean, be Come on, it would human. be. I mean, it would be very human. Would you point that out all the time, what God's plans and thoughts are versus this being human? Um, any doubt in your mind that God has been using uh, this... Uh, uh, what they're calling the villain, what we've addressed here. But Donald Trump, is is he a product of uh, of good, of Christianity? Is, is God using him as a tool for this or or not? Well, uh, again, look at his record. I, I don't recall any other president who actually has, in reality, by things he has done, uh, defended Christianity more than right. any other president before right. him. So right. in that sense, yeah, I think it's been powerful. The, yeah. the question I have is the flip side of that. Is God somehow trying to teach us a lesson as well, saying, hey, look, we have fallen a long ways from following God in this country as our founders did in many ways. I mean, look at the morality it's gone into into the sewer. So um, I don't know if if Trump is I, I think very much he is being used to give America a hope of a second chance. Yeah. And. And the question is, are we going to come around or does God have appointed for us a time of severe hardship because mm. of our stubborn headedness, our mm. stiff necked, uh, you know, behavior? Yeah, um, yeah, that's what remains to be. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. We're, we're, we're a bit out of control is what uh, you, your suggestion is. We're, we're a bit out of control. And, uh, you know, uh, we certainly not have played this thing to God's plans uh, and uh um, you know, we, 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 uh, 
we, we've seen this before historically, but we're, we're, we're at a very strange place. And, you know, there are there are those of us on the front lines that are fighting the good fight, uh, friends, that uh, for all the right reasons. But um, we do have to question what the road ahead is. You know, Trump or no Trump, cancer or cure, uh, we're headed somewhere is my bigger point here to you all. We're headed somewhere. I, I mentioned this revolutionary moment or civil moment, but we're headed somewhere. You have to understand that. You have to appreciate that. You you don't have this sort of damage without some moment of, of a reckoning. That's my point here today. We're at a moment of reckoning in our nation. Uh, again, I, I, I put the point out here to you. Is it a revolutionary war moment where we're taking down a King George again? You know, plus, plus, plus. Or is it a civil war moment where we are at odds with each other? We are definitely at odds with each other in this country, red and blue, both, uh, for sure. But that is a byproduct of the federal government. I would say the war is between the people and the federal government, uh, That's which is what Dr. LaTulip said as well. That appears to be where we're at uh, right now. Uh, and the fight continues on. The links to this story we'll put into the podcast, to be sure. What will happen to America if Trump wins again? Experts helped us game it out. <laughs> Interesting. And I love the way I started there. Uh, fascinating with the polls and all. Uh, but uh, th uh, that inauguration day, January 20th, 2025, you can just see the looks on their face this time around, friends. huh? <laughs> and, and I'll end it here. At the end of the Washington Post piece, they say this. A spokesman for Trump did not return our emails. Can you imagine that? The Washington Post calling a Trump and he didn't return their emails. Shame, 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 huh? <laughs> Go figure, huh? These people are so ignorant and obnoxious. Why would anybody return their emails or phone calls? And surely Trump. Um, seeking the former president's reaction to claims that his reelection could wreck democracy. Well, that's a beautiful inroads to an invitation to talk about it, huh? <laughs> Unbelievable. We can't make this stuff up. Uh, so and we'll leave it there, but you, you'll get the bigger point here of where we're at. Remember this, Trump is only one man. He is a man and he was, he's convenient. He's convenient for the system. He's being used by the establishment, uh, and they're using him, uh, to, uh, uh, really to, uh, to to poke at constantly. He's become the media villain. They always need somebody. And that's where they're using Donald Trump, clearly. We have to get through all the weeds there and figure out what's gonna be best for this country, this nation. Definitely need somebody who's got big boots uh, and can do some ass kicking in Washington, DC. Thank you for joining me today, friends, on The Voice of a Nation. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.